It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Joining me is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's here to discuss the practical applications of the placebo effect so we can learn to use our expectation of a particular outcome to alter our internal state and external reality. Dr. Dispenza is the author of You Are the Placebo, Making Your Mind Matter. He lectures about the functions of the human brain and teaches people how to reprogram their thinking. Welcome, Dr. Dispenza. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Joan. I'm happy to be with you. Dr. Dispenza, most of us have at one time or another heard of the placebo effect, and it's usually in relationship to a drug study. What does the placebo effect actually mean? Well, if you give someone a sugar pill, a saline injection, or perform some type of fake procedure, a certain percentage of those people will accept, believe, and surrender that they're actually getting the real treatment without any analysis. And those people will begin to make their own pharmacy of chemicals that match the exact chemical or treatment that they think they're taking, and their body will heal by thought alone. So my thought was, once you understand the science of how the placebo works, if you can begin to demystify it and you can see what's happening in the brain, you can understand the new science of neuroplasticity and epigenetics, is it possible then that to take away that external substance and teach people to heal by the same principles, by thought alone, and begin to make their own internal changes instead of relying on something outside of them? So, Dr. Joe, what is it that's actually happening in the brain? I heard someone tell me a story that cancer patients who were given saline, believing that they were being given chemotherapy, actually started to exhibit chemo side effects. They lost their hair. They were nauseous. They literally made themselves sick without having one drop of chemo. And I think this is fascinating. So what is actually occurring within the brain? Well, there's, there's also what's called the nocebo, which is <clears throat> when you give someone an inert substance, Joan, like, say, chemotherapy, if you begin to accept the particular suggestion, the thought, that you'll get side effects from that, that uh, placebo, and what's happening in your brain is you begin to select an image in your mind, an image of your, in your mind based on a past experience. And if you can accept that thought, the frontal lobe creates a picture. And if you accept that thought and you begin to emotionally embrace or think about how it's going to feel, your limbic brain begins to make a, a particular blend of neuropeptides that begin to signal the body for it to begin to feel exactly the way it was just thinking. So when you combine a clear intention, a thought, with an emotion, you create what we call a state of being. Thoughts are the language of the brain, 
and feelings are the language of the body. And how we think and how we feel creates a state of being. So in those cases, your body is your unconscious mind. It does not know the difference between an actual experience in your life that creates an emotion and an emotion that you fabricate by thought alone. So your body in that moment is believing that it's in that future experience in the present moment. And it is that particular blend of thought and feeling that begins to program the autonomic nervous system to begin to respond to a thought. So there have been so many countless cases of uh, anticipatory nausea from, say, for example, chemotherapy. 40 to 50% of patients that, that are on their way to their first chemotherapy treatment that are told that they're going to get nauseous after their treatment get nauseous on their drive to their first chemotherapy treatment in anticipation of the outcome. So they're selecting that thought, they're emotionally embracing it, and it's their autonomic nervous system that begins to make them nauseous. So my question is, if 40 to 50% of those people can get nauseous in the expectation of some worse thing that could happen to them, can 50% of people get healthy on their drive to work in expectation of something good happening to them? So, Dr. Joe, if this is something that's occurring and we're not even aware of of our beliefs that we're doing this to ourselves, how do we turn it around and accomplish what you're saying to turn it into a positive? Well, um, that's a great question, and that's really what the book is about. Um, I think that there's a deep programming process that has to take place, Joan, because uh, so many people think they need a a flu shot because they're told that... um, you know, germs are what create flus, and, and they're expecting that outcome. So there's a deprogramming process that has to take place. And by the same means, that means that we have to examine our very beliefs that we have about the nature of reality. And a belief is just a thought you keep thinking over and over again until you hardwire it in your brain. And since beliefs are based on past experiences, and experiences stamp neurological networks into place, and the end product of experiences is called emotions, So then the very boundaries of our beliefs have to do with how we feel. So if how you think and how you feel creates a state of being, and you keep thinking and feeling in the same way, redundancy of that cycle conditions the body to become the mind of that particular state. Once the body is the mind, it's a habit. It's a subconscious program. So beliefs are extended states of being And if you keep thinking and feeling that way, they become unconscious or subconscious states of being. Most people don't even know that they believe certain things. They just accept them because it's part of their very visceral physiology. So in order to change a belief or perception about yourself and your life, you have to make a decision with such firm intention that the amplitude of that decision carries a level of energy that's greater than the hardwired programs in your brain and the emotional addictions in your body and your body literally has to respond to a new mind. In other words, the choice that you make becomes an experience that you never forget. As an example, uh, the person who moves into a state of religious ecstasy in the Deep South in the United States and drinks strychnine and has no biological effects, or the mother whose child who's caught under the, the car and the mother lifts the car and pulls the child out, the mother doesn't say, geez, I ate carbohydrates yesterday and I haven't worked out in two weeks. The, the, the preacher doesn't say, geez, I wonder if I'm going to be poisoned today. I don't know if I'm going to live or I'm going to die. Their decision is final. And the energy of that decision, energy is the epiphenomenon of matter. 
So when we begin to change our energy, the body begins to respond, and that's the moment we begin to rewrite the program. That's the moment the bodies and brain are no longer living in the past, in the present. It's the moment the body is living in the future, in the present. And it's that kind of intensity, it's that kind of passion, it's that kind of willfulness that begins to change the very nature of our beliefs. Joe, for the person, and, and I, I'm sure you know this type of person as well as I do, who is innately a negative type of person, who really in, it subconsciously believes that the worst will happen, and then that person decides, they, they listen to what you're saying and, and what we do on this show, and they decide that they want to make changes. So they start to tell themselves, oh, I'll be happy, or oh, you know, whatever it is they're telling themselves. But internally, they still have that negative belief at the core. How do they take that first step to really making the deep changes that are necessary? Oh, this is a really great question because my work, and I'm certain that your work, is just not about positive thinking because um, the way we think and feel, as we were talking earlier, uh, and uh, think and feel and feel and think, it's that cycle, that loop then creates what we call our personalized state of being, our personality. So if a person has had some really rough situations in their past, and those past experiences create certain emotions, and those emotions drive certain thoughts, and those thoughts reaffirm those emotional states, then for the most part, their brain and body are literally living in the past because the body is the unconscious mind living by the same emotion, believes it's in the same past experience 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. The body literally is in the past, and if you condition the body to become the mind, then the body actually believes it's physiologically in the past. So we can't create a new future by living in the past. So if a person is going to think positively and start changing their thoughts like I'm thinking positively, it doesn't work because 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a set of memorized behaviors, emotional reactions, beliefs, perceptions, and attitudes that function like a subconscious computer program. So now the person is going to think positively with the 5% of their conscious mind well, for the most part, they've memorized negativity for the last 35 years. That's mind and body in opposition. Or they're going to create their dream board, and they're going to have the pictures of their new car and their new house and their new relationship, but they feel unworthy. Well, they program themselves that way. So mind and body are in opposition. We have to recondition the body to a new mind. So the process of change then, true transformation and true change, what separates the conscious mind from the subconscious mind is the analytical mind. And the whole purpose of the model that we use in the book about meditation, meditation, its purpose is to get beyond the analytical mind and to drop into those layers where those programs can exist so we can make true change. So the person who's crossing the river of change, the first thing they have to look at is they have to become conscious of their unconscious thoughts. Write them down. List the thoughts that are slipping by your awareness that you believe every day. But they're not true. You just believe them. What behaviors and habits, what do you say out of your mouth that you want to change? Those are um, programs. They're habits. Become conscious of your automatic uh, behaviors and habits. And look at the emotions that you manage every day and live by every day and decide if those emotions actually belong in your future. I think most people, you know, the concept is your personality creates your personal reality. That's it. And your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel. So the present personality who's listening created the present personal reality called her life, which means if you want to create a new personal reality, 
you have to change your personality. You've got to begin to think about what you're thinking about and change it. Begin to notice how you're acting and behaving and alter that. And then begin to look at the emotions that keep you anchored to the past and start creating some elevated emotions. As an example, you know, most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality, and it doesn't work. For example, if you want to be wealthy, a wealthy person will never feel lack, so you can't bring the emotion of lack into your future. A wealthy person doesn't complain about money because they have enough of it. So then you have to begin to change your very thoughts, behaviors, and emotions, and you have to do it enough times that you begin to create a new habit of thought a new habit of action, and a new elevated emotion. And the new science of neuroplasticity and epigenetics shows that it's absolutely possible to literally change your state of being. Joe, very quickly before we run out of time, a new study showed that irritable bowel syndrome patients were able to dramatically improve their symptoms by taking placebos. But the interesting part is they knew that they were taking the placebo. How is that possible? Well, it's very interesting because suggestibility our level of suggestion. There's a certain percentage of people that accept suggestions without any analysis. Now, the greater the analytical mind, the less suggestibility we have. So a certain percentage of people, even though they know that it's the placebo, are still expecting and hoping with excitement that even though the placebo is a placebo, that they're on some level doing something different and it'll work. And that's how powerful the subconscious and the autonomic nervous system is. And, 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 and that's just the beginning because so many people then, once they understand that somebody else has been healed from a therapy or a treatment or even understand that it is the placebo, those people are hopeful just because they begin to think differently. They begin to act differently. They begin to uh, change their internal chemistry, to change their state of being. And, and that, it, that process, that simple process, we can do on the drive to work and the point is is that if you know it's the placebo uh, then in your life maybe it's important enough if you can change your state of being by thought alone then affirmation then that you don't need some substance in order to do it they accepted it without any substance at all even knowingly that it wasn't even uh, uh, it was an inert substance the book is you are the placebo making your mind matter by dr. Joe Dispenza Joe, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the power of the mind. Most people really don't understand the power that they have within, and this information that you presented is truly life-changing. So I hope that our listeners will take the time to follow up and learn more. If you'd like to learn more about the topic or about Dr. Joe Dispenza, you can visit his website, drjoedispenza.com. That's D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A.com. Again, Joe, thank you for being here. Oh, I appreciate it, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.